Hey everybody, welcome to the Underswell Podcast. I'm Derek Sabori, I'm your host. Haven't been behind the mic for a while. It's 2018, welcome to the new year. I'm excited to be here and the podcast is not dead. We're not going away. It's just been busy. It's been tough. We are, uh, sheesh, as an entrepreneur, I guess, and a um, freelance independent contractor, it gets tough to piece it all together. But the podcast is really important to me. I want to keep it going. And I think this is a, a value added thing. And I get some good feedback from it. Did a couple of video reviews today as well. So check out the uh, Underswell YouTube channel. We do some video product reviews that I've done. We call them kitchen table product reviews where I sit at the kitchen table and look at products that are um, a little bit better, sort of um, on the same vein as these news stories that we do. But this is where we look at um, items. I just did one for a company called Pushfins, which is a surf um, surfboard fin company that's using um, recycled pre-consumer skateboard waste and also surfboard fiberglass cloth waste in their surf fins and then glassing them with a um, or manufacturing them with a voc free and bio-based epoxy resin entropy resins um, i also did one on packed organic clothing and um, just got some underwear and socks in the mail from um, from packed and they offer organic fair trade certified cotton um, um, undergarments seem really nice so if you want to check out those reviews check them out otherwise check out those two companies pushfins.com if you're looking for surf fins that are made in a more sustainable manner and or packed clothing at um, wear packed so w-e-a-r-p-a-c-t.com especially if you're interested in products that do not look like they are more sustainable they compete with what's currently out um, in the marketplace but they have a better inside story a better sustainability story so i was happy to make those finds and the packed guys i'm sorry the uh, push fins guys sent me some fins to use so i'm going to put them on my surfboard and see how they go but from the look and feel of them they seem amazing they're beautiful and i'm excited to put them to the test in the water but um, chances are i'm not going to be able to tell the difference between a, um, a conventional futures model fin or the push fins and so that means I had the choice and when I do have the choice that I'm going to choose something like push fins that has a deeper uh, sustainability commitment so those are made in Oregon which is really cool too US made goods the packed clothing the underwear and socks made in India but they do a good job of sort of breaking it down and explaining why they've made some of the choices they've made um, when in regards to um, organic apparel so that's a way to start this off. Again, we sort of dove right in, but if you're new to the show, this show highlights products like that. We talk about sustainability in the news, and I try to focus on brands that you have either heard of or um, products in the consumer goods space or um, you know, apparel, technology, just automotive, things that we use on an everyday basis, household goods, design, interior, things that we use and that we are used to, and then looking for and highlighting more sustainable alternatives. And those two products, I think, were great examples of them. I've also got a couple topics that came up on the wire today, so I like to pull a few things that are going on in the news, point them out to you, and make sure that you are in the know and sort of up to speed on what some brands might be doing in regards to sustainability or bring 
new brands and new concepts to your attention and make sure that you are um, you know, up to speed on what's going on in the sustainability world. So I'm gonna start with an article that I saw here on Business Wire, businesswire.com, and it was a press release by, um, let's see, who did the, uh, by Hasbro. Hasbro uh, makes a lot of children's products, but, and this was a little bit surprising to me, and that's the point of this show, is to highlight some of these things, but Hasbro was recognized for sustainability leadership, attaining the number three spot on Newsweek's 2017 Green Rankings. This press release says that they are proud to to announce that. Um, The Green Rankings assesses 500 largest publicly traded companies in the United States on overall environmental performance. And Hasbro scored a perfect 100% scores in the categories of energy, waste, water, and carbon productivity. So to me, that looks like um, Hasbro, I don't know if this is specifically you know, talking about their manufacturing processes or if it's their global offices, but it says that their purpose is to make the world a better place for children and their families. They're, they're passionate about protecting our planet and conserving natural resources. Um, building on its commitment to environmental sustainability, Hasbro has recently announced here are their 2025 goals. So not only have they been recognized for what they've already done, they um, have committed to reducing waste to landfill at owned and operated facilities by 50%. Reducing water consumption by 15%, reducing energy consumption by 20 and reducing greenhouse gas emissions at owned or operated facilities by 20%. So what I would like to see these guys do, that's a great start. And I don't know enough about Hasbro's business model or their supply chain, but I would love to see them pushing into their supply chain and making those commitments for their entire supply chain all the way back, let's say, to their raw materials and for all the products that they manufacture. And sometimes that is not always the case when businesses make sustainability commitments like this. And when they say owned and operated, if you don't own all of your manufacturing facilities and you're not really capturing the true impacts of all the products that you make. That's not to say that this is not a good start or it's not a good model. And I applaud them for the work that they're doing and for the recognition in the green rankings. But to me, I would have to dive more and maybe if you're if it's something you're interested in, check it out and let's see how deep they're going into the supply chain and if they're looking at the raw materials and what raw materials they're using, how things are built, the chemicals that they used and maybe the, the energy waste and water um, impacts that are associated with their products all the way through their supply chain. And maybe this is, haven't done my homework, it's just a headline that I'm bringing up and maybe just bringing that up for conversation. So that's Hasbro, that's on businesswire.com. Um, here is another one. This is, da, 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 da. this is uh, The Body Shop. So if you're familiar with The Body Shop, a pioneering cruelty-free cosmetics company, they were just uh, sold, they are no longer owned by the world's biggest cosmetic company, which is L'Oreal. They, are, they were been sold to the Brazilian cosmetics giant Natura. And Natura, I've heard um, some great sustainability things about them, which is good. I know they've got a pretty good sustainability commitment. And the body shop, who was owned by L'Oreal for 11 years, has been sold to the Brazilian um, cosmetics giant Natura, like I just said. And um, this article, which I found on ethicalconsumer.org, goes on to point out, as I have heard, that they've heard that the company has a, has a good commitment to sustainability. Um, Natura 
They've got great policies to promote sustainable development in the Amazon. They're working to ensure that 30% of their total inputs in value come from the Pan-Amazon region by 2020. They're a certified B Corp, which is really good. And we did a podcast on B Corps and what the difference is between a benefit corp and a certified B Corp. Certification on the B Corp means that they had an audit, they continue to have audits, and um, a third party is assessing all of their structure and their manufacturing policies to make sure that they are um, upholding sort of the B Corp vision. So make sure you check out B Corps. Um, they won in 2015 by, um, the, by UNEP. Uh, they were champion on the earth, so which is cool. And um, they just released a whole bunch of different statistics on their um, recent annual report. And UNEP is the United Nations Environment Program, by the way, if I didn't mention that. That's an agency of the United Nations that coordinates um, environmental activities, assisting developing countries in implementing environmentally sound policies and practices. So maybe if you're a fan of the body shop, you might uh, rest assured that now they've got a new owner that seems to have an even stronger commitment to sustainability. And um, check them out. You can go to Natura's uh, UK website where um, they are Nature Natura Brazil is their uh, website. Check them out. So Body Shop. How about this? Uh, moving on to treehugger.com, another good site. And this is called Lowly Straw. How many of you are frustrated? If you've ever done a beach cleanup, then you will know that one of the things that you find most on the beach is straws. Straws are getting a lot of attention, plastic straws, because it's just more plastic waste. Very, uh, not very often do we truly need a straw. It's just something that we've just become, that's become habit for us. But they're a nuisance, they're plastic waste, and I often, at a restaurant, if they, if they don't beat me to it, if they serve it with a straw, it's a bummer. But if they ask or they leave it on the table, we'll always collect them and give them back. In fact, this website, this article, um, by Catherine Martinko on Treehugger says that Americans use and throw away 500 million straws every day. This number is tough to visualize, but one source has described it as enough straws to wrap it around the Earth's circumference two and a half times each day. Straws can't be recycled. They usually end up in landfills and waterways. So herein comes a solution. This is called the Loli straw, L-O-L-I straw. And let's see, um, the cool thing about lowly straws, and there are a couple options when it comes to straws, as you know, right? There are metal straws, which we use. These are reusable straws. Um, there are glass straws, but they can be expensive. You might leave them at home and you forget about them. Paper straws work well as for short periods of time, the article says, but they eventually turn mushy. Bioplastic straws feel exactly like regular straws. But um, which I agree, and this article says that bioplastics themselves are questionable materials, and you can learn more on the website. But they were curious, um, the tree hugger team was curious about the Loli straw. It's made by the same designers who came up with Loli Wear, the edible cup that made a splash in 2015 with its appearance on Shark Tank. And this says that you were able to have your straw and eat it too. It's a fun concept, but they say that the straw, it's also hyper compostable. Its designers, Chelsea Briganti and Leanne Tucker, coined this term to describe a straw that breaks down easily, leaves no traces. 
A lot of times we'll, you'll hear that things are biodegradable or compostable, but they're not necessarily made for your backyard compost. But this one is, it says it is compo compostable in a backyard composter, as opposed to many compostable items that require an, an industrial facility. It breaks down in waterways, posing no lasting threat to wildlife, says the article. And this seems cool. So this lowly straw says, feels like a plastic straw. It lasts up to 24 hours. Um, it can it goes from straw to soil in 60 days. That's their hyper compostable um, claim. And it's edible, delicious, fun, and zero calorie. So they've got a Kickstarter campaign that's live um, until, wow, January 10th. So another three days, 2018. They're trying to raise $30,000 to help the new product. So if you want to head over to the Kickstarter campaign, go check it out. Bring the lowly straw to life. But it says it's the worst, the world's first edible, hyper-compostable straw. Um, that's kind of fun. Let's see. Let's move on to uh, another topic. How about, speaking of edibles, how about pokey? There are pokey bowl places popping up everywhere. Pokeballs are trendy, but are they sustainable? Says this article and video on EcoWatch, on EcoWatch.com. It's by um, Oceana. And uh, Pokey, a dish made from raw tuna, says is enjoying huge popularity far beyond its native Hawaii. But where is all this fish coming from? Turns out that tracking down the source of that tasty yellowfin or big eye can be a hard task, and that raises some major sustainability concerns, says this video. And I agree, and as uh, we've talked about it before, but um, the tuna industry, the tuna populations are under a lot of pressure as it becomes a, uh, a favorite food of ours. So you might wanna check this out. Oceana's video, it's on Vimeo, it's called The Problem with Pokey, and this article was highlighted in EcoWatch. So if you're concerned, wanna learn more about the pokey situation, head over there, check it out. Let's see, um, lastly, so we've gone from edibles, we went from toys to edibles, and I'm gonna finish up here for today with um, an H&M story. This is from GreenBiz, greenbiz.com. The editor-in-chief, Joe Isles, he's got an article called that says H&M uh, walks the runway towards 100% circularity. And if you've heard the podcast before, I'm a fan of circularity, the concept of closed loop manufacturing, the circular economy. But it says now in its third year, the Global Change Award will select five entries that could revolutionize the way we design, make, and use clothes. And uh, if selected by a judging panel, including Ellen MacArthur, submissions will proceed to a public vote to decide how the prize purse will be split. They'll also gain access to a one-year innovation accelerator provided by the H&M Foundation. Previous award winners highlight the spectrum of innovation possibilities in the fashion industry and show how applying the principles of a circular economy can unlock new and creative solutions to our most pressing challenges. Um, so this article talks about a few different things going on. It talks about um, grape leather and wondering if it's the clothing material of the future. So these are different entries in this contest, this award option, the Global Change Award and um, pushing towards some innovative solutions to get us away from a lot of non-sustainable and really impactful processes that are used in the fashion and apparel industry. Um, there are example of material innovations like orange peel fiber and grape leather, which use waste byproducts from the food and winemaking industries. 
The team behind last year's solar textiles entry discovered a way to making nylon using just water, plant waste, and solar energy with the biomass replacing conventional petroleum-based material. Um, it says there's a big change in store, though. Closer to home for most of us, the retailer. So this um, on the story, H&M's public commitment is to become 100% circular and renewable. Like most industries, the fashion business is firmly based on a take-make-disposed linear way of doing things. And instead, H&M wants to provide clothing in a circular model. And I wonder, um, moving towards circular, circularity will be the key to our future success, says Cecilia Stromblad, Bronston, circular economy lead for H&M. So that's cool that at H&M they have a circular economy lead, somebody that's in charge of it. They've set a vision to become 100% circular. I don't see a date here, though, on when they are um, expecting to do that. But they've got some great charts here that um, explain the circular economy. But they are working alongside um, organizations like the Hong Kong Research Institute of Textiles and Apparel. It's a four-year study that they're doing. They're getting closer to, to such a breakthrough in the chemical recycling of clothing using a hyper hydrothermal process. They were able to separate cotton and polyester blends in a way that enables the polyester to be reused directly with no loss of quality. So really interesting uh, interesting article here. Good job to H&M. I know they've been a supporter of this and they continue to push for it. Other brands are as well, other companies are as well, but if you're interested in circularity, check out this article. H&M walks the runway towards 100% circularity. This was uh, earlier um, this week on GreenBiz. So that's it for the news today. That's it for sustainability news. Check back every once in a while. Um, even though we call this the daily underswell, it's sort of the every once in a while underswell. Um, but my goal is to keep you up to date, informed. More episodes are available. Check the archives. Lots of different things we've covered. And check the video channel as well. There's some new content over there. Happy New Year, everybody. See you on the next show.